looking for an answer, there's one coming your way, and it's in the name of Jesus. Whatever is wrong, whatever is broke, whatever needs fixing, whatever your perspective needs, whatever it is, wherever you find yourself sitting right now, the name of Jesus can change all of that. That's what Jesus can do. That's what Jesus can do. Give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus can do. And I want to tell you, can't nobody do it like Jesus. And I will say this, can't nobody do it like our music and our choir either. I love... And there's great ones all over the country. And every church ought to feel like that about their, their people. That's the way I feel about ours. I love what, what we have here. And I'm thankful for the people God has placed in our lives. I'm thankful for every one of you. All of our visitors that are here today, God bless you. I appreciate you being with us today. And we love you. I'm glad to see you with us. hope you'll return. I'm going to preach. I don't think I'll be very long today. But I do want to preach something today for us. Maybe a reminder to some, maybe new to others, helpful to all. God's good, isn't he? Matthew 19. If you have your Bibles and want to turn with us this morning, Matthew chapter 19. We're going to start with verse 23, and I'll, I know it's, it's getting on. I'll try to be as mindful of the time as I can be and, and get us to where we're going for this afternoon, but... Right now, I just want to hear from the Lord. Matthew 19, 23 through 26. Jesus has just had a conversation with a young man who desired everlasting life. A very rich young man that has kept the law since he was a little boy. Since his youth, he's raised up keeping the law and he still finds himself lacking. Jesus tells him to take and sell everything he's got, give it to the poor, and then pick up your cross and come follow me. When he hears this, he's very sorrowful. He, he walks away where he had great possessions. He was in love with his stuff, but his stuff couldn't save him. You hear that? No matter how good the stuff is stuff can't save you things can't save you possessions though they were great he said he had great possessions they can't save him and so Jesus turns to his disciples and says verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven now this doesn't mean God's against money He's against people being controlled by money. He's against the love of money, where the root of all evil comes from. He's, he, and so you, you realize these disciples, they, they're, they're getting this in the context of the conversation they just witnessed. This is a man who trusts in his possessions more than he trusts in the Word of God. So it's hard, a rich man should hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed. 
blew their mind. Because rich people got it going on. They got the easy life. Got no problems. Rich people can help the church, Jesus. So they were blown away by what Jesus said. They were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then, listen now, can be saved? Because the topic now is salvation. Who's going to be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And I want to preach this thought for just a little while. Mission impossible. Mission impossible. Let's pray for the word in the lesson today. Jesus, we love you and praise you for your goodness and mercy. And I thank you for what you're doing in this hour. Let our hearts be ready to receive your word today. We want to be better. We want to be changed. We want to be saved. And hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Bless us now in all that we do, Lord, and let it be pleasing to you. And everyone said, in Jesus' name, give the Lord a hand clap of praise for you're seated. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Thank you for being. Oftentimes in preaching and pastoring a church, because we, you go through these spells where you, it's just your church people. You don't preach a lot about salvation. You preach about staying saved, but the, the getting saved part is not as frequent. But sometimes God will just lay it on your heart to remind us all, so that we can remind others that without Him. It ain't happening. I think about what the words that the Lord said here when they said, Who then can be saved? Tell me, God, who, who can be saved? And instead of giving them a list, he just says, As far as being saved is concerned with men, this is impossible. In other words, that no matter how great a man may be or how wise he may be, how good he may be, it will never be enough for him to be saved. His possessions will not buy him a ticket to heaven. His actions will not buy him or guarantee him a place in heaven. It is by grace through faith that we are saved and it is the gift of God. It's not because we're not saved of ourselves of our own works so we could boast in it. It's from God. We need him. Man has achieved a lot. Man is smart. We're created in the creator's image. We have the brain is, you can't even fathom the things, the inventions and innovations that man are coming up with. I mean, just in our everyday stuff, look how our life is changed by the things that men have created. You know, if you if you have a TV, you don't have to get up and turn the dial anymore. You just hit a button. You don't have to talk on a phone that's hanging on the wall. You can talk to one in your hand, in your car, in your ear, wherever you may be. It's Now it better be if you're in your car, it better be hands-free. Uh, but they have invented things. They've put all this to make our lives better and easier. And, and, and they are patting themselves on the back. Look what we're doing. Companies are... are Building themselves up. Look how we're moving. Look how we're progressing. And man is very proud of all that he has accomplished. Anywhere from communication to transportation. They have cars that will stop for you now. 
cars that beep whenever you get too close or somebody gets too close to you. They have video cameras that you can watch while you're backing up. You know, that's, that's a big thing. Some people still don't know how to use that. It's, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, it's, there's so many things. Your, your cars, they're gonna, they drive themselves. They've got sensors in them. They, they can uh, tell where you are. You got GPS in your car. There's, there's, there's medical breakthroughs, scientific breakthroughs. They're creating things. They're cloning things. They're doing things, and and always the next new thing. But with every bit of technology, with every advancement they make, man can still not, nor will they ever be able to be their own savior. They will never, ever create. We're praying all the time, God, help these doctors find a cure for cancer, especially. We won't see that cancer in different things, all these diseases that need curing. Lord, let them find that. Let them find a cure for diabetes. Let them find a cure for, uh, you know, for AIDS and different things. But they'll never find a cure for sin. They will never be able to recreate that blood of Jesus that washes us from all sin. So Jesus is not wrong by saying this. Even in that day with men, this is impossible. There is nothing that we can do to change our situation on our own. In Psalm 39 and 5, the psalmist made a statement at the end of this verse, Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. And then he ends it not with amen, but he says, Selah, which means to pause and consider what I'm saying. And so I think it uh, works for us today that we ought to just take a moment and see what he is saying here. That no matter how good I think I'm doing, without Jesus, it's vanity. If I am not serving him, if I have not been washed in his blood and filled with his spirit, if I have not uh, accepted this plan of salvation, if I am not living for him, it doesn't matter. All that I do, feed the hungry, feed the poor, go on missions trips, do whatever you want to do. If you are measuring Uh, how good you are by what you're doing in your very best state without him it don't mean nothing it will not save you it will not get you a ticket into heaven Isaiah 64 and 6 the prophet said but we are all as an unclean thing and all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags and we all do fade as a leaf, and all our or in our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Let me tell you, without God, there is no life in us. Without Him, there is nothing to look forward to. We are our what our righteousness, filthy rags. In Jeremiah two and twenty two, for though thou wash thee with nitre. And take thee much soap, yet thine iniquity is marked before me, saith the Lord God. You don't have anything that can cleanse you from the stain of sin. There is nothing man-made that can save you, that can wash you, that can blot that out. He said, you can do all those things. Now, we know naturally it's not real soap and water. 
that does that, that even touches that spiritual sin. But a lot of people think that the works they do will make up, it's going to balance out, it's like a scale. And if I have more good works than I do bad, then I'm going to be all right. But the Lord said, it doesn't matter. He said, whatever you do, trying to fix it without me, your iniquity is still marked before me, saith the Lord. We can't get rid of sin on our own. The wages of sin is death. And we can't save ourselves. It's impossible. It's an impossible mission or it's mission impossible. Man has always wanted to try to get to heaven, try to get to God, but he cannot do it on his own. He's not going to be able to. It's going to take God. This is something that you and I must realize that we need help on. We need a Savior. Aren't you glad today that he didn't stop right there with men? This is impossible. Because men trust in themselves if they don't know there's a God. But he said, but with God, all things are possible. Now let me tell you. You can apply that principle to just about anything that we do. Everything we do in word or deed, we do it all in his name. And I know that Paul said, "With through Christ I can do all things. And so I know today that I can apply this to anything, but I'm talking about being saved. I don't want to just have a life of good works and be lost. I want to be saved. I don't want to just have a good name and be lost. I want to be saved. I don't want to just enjoy living this life and then be lost for eternity. I want to be saved. And I cannot do this on my own. And I am thankful today that somebody realized that it ain't going to happen with you, son, but I'm coming. I'm glad today that with God, all things, even being saved, are possible. And I'm just going to say in the context of this conversation, since this man was trapped by his belongings, trapped by his possessions, that he's saying that God can even save people from their stuff if they let him. There's a lot of things that I thought were important in this life before Jesus. There's a lot of things that I never would have thought I would have let go of before Jesus. There's a lot of things I never would have thought I would have quit doing before Jesus. There's just some things, that, some principles I had that I just felt like this will be with me the rest of my life. And they faded away. They stayed in the water when I was baptized in Jesus' name. Because I realized today that Jesus can save me from my stuff. Jesus can save me from my flesh. Jesus can save me from my things. So things can get you. Yeah, things can get you. They got this guy. There was another parable about a, the rich man and Lazarus. Not the same Lazarus he raised from the dead, but Lazarus the beggar. And there's two men, one who lived in the worst of conditions and one who lived in the best of conditions. And it said, and the rich man lifted up his eyes in hell. Let me tell you that the best of conditions and the best of stuff, the finest clothes, the finest everything will not save you. Jesus will save you. It's always been possible with God. In Isaiah 45 and 21, this is the Lord speaking. He said, tell ye and bring them near and yea, let them take counsel together. Who has declared it from 
ancient time. Who has told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. And then he said, look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. It's always been. God has always established. He, he, he's never let man wonder. If you're going to be saved, it will be by me. Now, here's God speaking to the Old Testament prophet. And people say, well, that's just Old Testament. But he said, I'm the Savior a just God, there is none beside me. But the angel cried out in Luke 2 and 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. God manifest in the flesh, the Savior. There's still, he, God's not going to change. There's not another God born. It wasn't God Jr. born. It was God manifest in the flesh. Because men needed a savior. More than, that's, hey, that's more than a seasonal promise. Isaiah 9 and 6 is more than something on a card once a year. For unto us a child is born. A son is given. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. And here's the good part. The Mighty God. Who's the savior? God is. How, what, what things are, are able to be done, uh, all things through Him. For with God, all things are possible. The angel told Mary, you shall call His name Jesus, for He shall save His people from their sins. John looked up as Jesus walked down the road while He was baptizing. He said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. It was Jesus who took on the impossible mission. You know, Mission Impossible, I think it was a TV show at one time. I know it's a movie. The gist of it is this, is that there is a situation that has occurred that is seemingly impossible to rectify. So they send the details to an agent a spy, and they tell him what's going on. Here's what's happening. Here's what's got to be done. This is your mission if you choose to accept it. And he always does. And in the movies, he always wins. They send it to him because he's the only one can do what everybody else is saying is impossible. And if you've ever seen one of those shows, you realize that's impossible. Nobody lives through that. But somehow he does, and somehow the world continues on. Well, let me tell you, there ain't nothing built on this planet that can stop the wages of sin. But the blood of Jesus from the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world, it can stop what's going on. By the disobedience of one man, sin entered in, but by the obedience of one man, many are made righteous. Let me tell you, I'm glad today that there's somebody that took on this impossible mission. Because hunting me and you, as bad as we'd want to go, we can't go without him. As bad as we want to be clean, we can't be clean without him. You can't be good enough to walk into heaven. It's going to take the blood of Jesus to get there. And with men, this is impossible. 
Here's your mission if you choose to accept it. Jesus already knew. He told Pilate in John 18 and 37, To this end, I was born. I was custom built for this job. There ain't nobody else can do it. There ain't nobody coming after me that can do it. There ain't nobody before me that can do it. There ain't no one that can handle this but me. To this end, I was born. In Luke 19 and 10, he said of himself, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. In John 10 and 11, he said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. John 15 and 13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. So we see that we need him to be saved. You can't be saved without Jesus. And before you think, well, you don't even know how bad I was. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And if you want to take the time to go to 1 Corinthians and read Paul's list of what we were, such were some of you, but now you are washed, sanctified, and justified in the name of Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Aren't you thankful today that with men it may be impossible? And all the time we, we, we take that scripture, we take that part of that scripture, and we, we apply it to praying for the sick and, and seeing miracles and signs and wonders. But Jesus is talking about, look, miracles and signs and wonders are great. But they don't mean nothing if you're lost. They won't mean anything if you don't make it into heaven. So I don't want to just believe that so I can see blinded eyes open. I want to believe it so I can be saved. I don't want to do it just so I can see miracles and, 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 and devils cast out things like that. I want to do it so I can be saved. And so let me tell you, I can talk to you about a guy that was bad. I can talk to you about a guy who, who drank and, and did drugs and, and lied and stole and cheated and did all kinds of things in his life. I can tell you about a guy, if, if it wouldn't just be humiliating, I could just sit here and talk to some things that will make you get up and walk out of this room. But Jesus saves the worst, the chiefest, the blackest of sinners. Jesus knows how to save us today. It was the Lord that said, listen, I know though your sin be as scarlet, just come and reason with me. Let's reason together. I'll make it white as snow. I can change that stain to white. I can wash that sin away. In case you don't really understand how Jesus saves and feels about you in Romans chapter 5 and 6, it says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. In other words, at a time when it was impossible for me to do anything, Jesus died for me. Jesus died for you. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, and yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare die. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Aren't you seeing what I'm saying today? That Jesus died for you just like you are. You don't have to try to get good to get to God. You get God so you can get good. You don't have to try to clean up and brush up so you can come into the house of the Lord. Come as you are and let God fix you.
God sees you right where you are. He sees your heart. He sees your. He knows how you beat yourself down, how you talk about yourself, how you stay away from church because you feel like you're not good enough. And He's saying, just come on. Come like you are. Come to me. When you're tired of where you're sitting, when you're tired of your situation, when you realize I'm just banging my head against the wall and nothing's happening, you'll come to Jesus. Jesus knows what we need. Jesus knows what the mission is. And he knows if he aborts that mission, we're lost. So he prays in the garden, not my will, but thy will be done. He saves the world. He saved me. But I'm going to tell you, that's not the only reason that it was mission impossible. If this was going to happen, there was one person that he could not save. If it was going to work, if it was going to last, if it was going to be the real thing, if it was going to get us to heaven today, somebody was going to have to die. There was one man he couldn't save. While he hung on the cross, it says in Mark 15 and 31, people walked by and said, He saved others. Himself, He cannot save. Jesus could not save Himself if we were going to be saved. We are purchased with the precious blood of Jesus. He died so you and I can live. And it's more than just a a neat story. It's more than just a precious tale. It was a hard and cruel and vicious death so that you and I could enjoy the best of living. I couldn't go to that cross. You couldn't go to that cross. Only Jesus could go to that cross. Without Him it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. He knew that to save man, it would be impossible to save himself. That's the only plan that works because he's the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. I can't change the plan. He said it in Matthew 26, 53 and 54. He said, listen, don't you know that I could call legions of angels and My father could get me out of here, but then look what he said. But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? How is it going to work? How is the plan going to be met? How is it going to happen if I don't do what no other man can do? Let me tell you, you need Jesus today. I need Jesus today. Your friends, your loved ones, people need Jesus today. Don't try to make them feel, you can't make them feel good into heaven. You can't pat them on the back and comfort them into heaven. You might as well know you're going to have to tell them about Jesus if they're going to get to heaven. Because he's the way. Jesus knew something that the people watching this action didn't understand. And he told them in John 10 and 18, Talking about his life. He said, no man takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. No man's going to take this from me. I'm doing it because I have to. I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. And then in John 2 and 19, he spoke a prophecy about himself, destroy this temple, and in three days 
I'll raise it up. Jesus knew he was the answer. Paul said this, If Christ is not raised, then our faith is in vain, and we are still dead in our sins. But he died, and he rose again. With men, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. It's impossible to be saved without Jesus. It's impossible to be saved without the death, burial, and resurrection. Do you hear what I'm saying? More than just believing He existed. More than just saying, I believe the gospel, you got to obey the gospel. And if we're going to obey the gospel, if we're going to follow Him and follow the pattern of what it takes to be saved, this is what it'll take. In Acts 2 and 36, honey, you can come on up to the platform. I'm fixing to be done. In Acts 2 and 36, Peter has preached a great message to God's chosen people, Israel. Devout men from every nation are there. And they are simply fulfilling what Jesus told them to do in Luke when he said for them to preach repentance and remission of sin in his name beginning at Jerusalem. As he's coming to a close, as I am today, he said, therefore let all the house of Israel, you know who Israel is to God? It's the apple of his eye. His chosen people. He said, hey chosen people, you better get something. That God has made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Why should they have to do anything? They're God's chosen people. Because sin will destroy even the chosen. So Peter's answer to what shall we do is this. And you better listen to me today. This is the only answer you get to give. If you want to be correct according to Scripture. If somebody says, what have I got to do to be saved? You better make sure you have this verse memorized and and know why it means what it means. Paul said that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For is the power of God unto salvation? The gospel, the good news. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So you can't just believe the gospel. you got to obey the gospel. The Bible says, What shall be the end of them who obey not the gospel? Not believe it, that obey it. So Peter says unto them, Repent. That's the death. When you repent, you turn from sin and you turn your life around. You, you effectively you, you die to the life you had. Repent and be baptized or immersed in water in a watery grave. We are buried, the scripture says, with him in baptism. So what do you do with things that are dead? You bury them. What did they do with Jesus when he died? They buried him. Repent, be baptized, or with death, burial, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Because Acts 4 and 12 says, There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's life. We live in the Spirit. We walk in the newness of life. 
this new fruit show, and we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit in our Sunday school class. It comes from the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost that lives inside of us. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all who are far off. It, what he was saying is from this point on, there's not a single individual that will walk flat-footed on this earth that will not need this promise. There's not going to be any person ever born from this point on so good that they won't need Jesus. That they won't need this message. That they won't need this gospel. For the promise is unto you, your children, all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call them with many other words. Now listen. Did he testify and exhort saying, Save yourself from this untoward generation. But didn't Jesus say that it was impossible for us to save ourselves? Yeah, when it's just you. But Jesus can turn the impossible into the possible. The only way it's possible for men to save themselves is to obey the gospel. To repent and be baptized in His name and be filled with His Spirit. Or as Jesus said in John 3, to be born of water and the Spirit to be born again. Because without it, we're not going to see or enter into the kingdom of God. Let's stand together. So just like in that, that show, they give the, the mission to somebody they believe can do the impossible. Jesus was given a mission that with men it would be impossible. But with him it would be possible. So he, he was born, he lived, he walked this earth. He went through every trial. It says he was tempted in all points as we were. He suffered. He was rejected, despised, mocked, talked about, beat on, whipped, spit, spit on, cursed, laughed at, talked about, rejected, despised. Nobody warned him. And then they killed him. But when they killed him, and when they put him in that grave, three days later he rose up, walked out and said, Mission complete. Yeah. It is finished. It is finished. Nothing left for me to do. I just paved the way for men everywhere to be saved. I just paved the way for hundreds of years, generations of people to be with me in heaven one day. Aren't you thankful for the salvation of the Lord? While she's playing this morning, give you an opportunity to come and just kneel and pray for a few moments. If you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, why not today? If you hadn't repented of your sins, if you hadn't made that decision, Lord, I want to I want to leave this life behind. I want to change my course. Why not come and repent today? If you need somebody to pray with you, there'll be someone in this altar to pray with you today to help you. I can't pray your prayer for you, but I can pray with you. And you can repent and God can forgive you. You can be washed in His blood and all those sins can be washed away. And God can fill you with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues today. It can happen. Let's find a place to pray. Saints, come pray with somebody today. Come and gather in the altar. Come on, saints. If you've been born again, come pray in this altar with somebody today. Let's see God do a great work in Jesus' name. God bless you. God, any
thank the Lord. Tomorrow night at prayer, the Lord willing, we'll be here at 7 o'clock, and it's our first uh, Monday prayer meeting communion, so we'll be remembering the body and the blood that was given for our salvation, taking communion. And if you hadn't been baptized in Jesus' name, or you got friends or relatives, or somebody hadn't been baptized in Jesus' name, why not tell them about it? You got to give them a 12 hour Bible study. Point it out to them in the scripture. Talk to them about it. And if they see it and say, hey, I want to do that, bring them here tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. We'll baptize them in Jesus' name and pray God fill them with the Holy Ghost. Amen. God's good. I sure love you. Appreciate you. Have a great day. Rejoice in the Lord. Serve Him with gladness. Be safe. And we'll see you tomorrow night. The Lord willing, you're dismissed in Jesus' name.